0: Endometriosis can be a painful but manageable gynecological condition. Welcome to GW Medical Faculty Associates Podcast. I'm Melanie Cole, and today's topic is endometriosis. My guest today is Dr. Maria Victoria Vargas. She's a minimally invasive gynecologic surgeon with the GW Medical Faculty Associates and an assistant professor with the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. Dr. Vargas, let's start with kind of a definition. What is endometriosis?
1: Endometriosis is when uh, the uterine lining implants in places where it shouldn't be. So one way that we think this happens is through what we call retrograde menstruation. When you have your period, some of it actually comes out into the abdomen through the fallopian tubes and, and the lining that shed implants in the pelvis, on the ovaries. And uh, essentially when you're having a period, you're also having that in those little implants that are located where they shouldn't be. And that causes a lot of inflammation and pain for patients.
0: Who is most affected by endometriosis? And while you're discussing that, Mm -hmm. because it can even present itself in the younger age, why does it often go undiagnosed or misdiagnosed? Why is it so hard to diagnose? Uh.
1: It is very hard to diagnose. The average delay in diagnosis is about seven years. Uh, It often manifests really early on when women initially start getting their periods. They usually uh, complain of very painful periods and you'll often hear that they're started on birth control pills to help manage those symptoms early on, but no one ever really explains why. Um, it's hard to know all the reasons why people don't get diagnosed early on. The diagnosis is surgical, so you have to have a surgery for diagnosis. So that's one reason why people often will treat it with medication before they go to surgery. Um, But I think uh, a lot of women say that they mention this to their doctors, but their doctors say that it's normal to have painful periods. And so it's sort of something that comes up. They're kind of what they feel blown off by their doctors and they don't bring it up again. Um, sometimes then they switch to a new doctor to see if they can get more information. It's one of the most common stories I hear from patients that I see when I first diagnose them with endometriosis.
0: Wow. and And is it hereditary? Is there a genetic component to it?
1: Yeah. So we don't fully understand the hereditary component, but if a family member like your mother or your sister has it, you're six times more likely to have it.
0: That's so interesting. So what are some of the complications? People are really concerned that it can cause infertility. So if someone is diagnosed with endometriosis, maybe in their teens, and then around in their 20s, they want to start thinking about getting pregnant. Is is this a, a complication? And also, can it lead to endometrial cancer?
1: It's one of the most common, it's funny, it's one of the most common uh, misconceptions about endometriosis. So it does not lead to endometrial cancer, but there is a higher rate of uh, very rare ovarian cancer in women that have endometriosis. Um, It's very rare. It's just something to be aware of and as you get followed for in the future, if you... if your doctor sees an an ovarian mass, something to be evaluated, usually surgically, depending on the size. Um, In terms of the infertility component, it is one of the more common symptoms of endometriosis, aside from all the pain that you get from it, is infertility. Um, It's, It may be one of the only symptoms that you have from it um, and it's something that should be discussed as soon as a diagnosis is made. And it tends to be more common with severe endometriosis, which typically requires surgery uh, just because of the pain that's associated with it. So a lot of times the surgery for the pain can also help with the fertility, but some women uh, that have severe endometriosis and even some women with mild endometriosis do require in vitro fertilization or assisted reproductive technology to conceive.
0: Then let's talk about the main goal of medicational intervention first for endometriosis. You mentioned birth control before, and people are hearing about medications like oralisa. So speak about medicational intervention. What is it intended to do and what medications would you try first?
1: So Historically, the first line is either progestin-only pills, which may or may not be contraception, and and, or uh, just regular combined estrogen and progesterone birth control pills. That's the first line of treatment for most women. Um, The intention is to help reduce the pain, but it also helps suppress the endometriosis. We don't fully know that it prevents it from getting worse, but that from a biological standpoint, that makes sense. And so that's what I try to explain to patients who are afraid of the hormones. Um, They're very safe and they're really important in the case of endometriosis because they do potentially prevent it from causing more damage and scarring long-term. Once you've had a trial of either the progestin-only pills or combined uh, estrogen and progesterone pills... And you, if you fail, like your your pain is not sufficiently improved with that, you can move to Lupron, um, which is um, uh, is a trade name for um, a GnRH agonist antagonist, which essentially suppresses the ovarian hormones from the level of the brain. It's it it causes a temporary medical menopause that's completely reversible, but it works. You know, it sounds a little bit scary to patients, but it actually works really really well to suppress endometriosis pain. And once people fail the estrogen or the progesterone pills, they usually are more amenable to these things that may sound a little scary. Your doctor should explain it really clearly so you understand what it is because it sounds, I know it sounds a little scary to patients, but it's very safe. Um, and then Orlista is a pill form. Of the Lupron. Um, essentially, what's, what's good about Orlissa is that you can have a lower dose of it. And also, it's a pill. So, if you really don't like the side effects, you can stop it more easily. Whereas the Lupron's an injection that lasts for 12 weeks, um, you have less control over the medication. Um, Orlissa is pretty new. I think it was just recently FDA approved for endometriosis. So, we're just starting to prescribe it. Um, But I think it's a really good alternative to Lupron um, in that it gives patients more control and also the dosing can be adjusted.
0: What a great explanation. Dr. Vargas, thank you for that. When does surgery become the discussion? If they've tried hormonal therapy, estrogen, progestin, combination, birth control, Lupron, whatever they've tried, what does the surgical discussion look like and what, what treatments available do you have?
1: So I I discuss surgery with patients from the very beginning so that they understand and are fully aware that you know it's something that could be a next step for them, depending on where they are in their treatment um, with the endometriosis and how they're doing. So it's, I discuss it in the very first appointment um, because it's the only way to diagnose the endometriosis. And for women that want, let's say you want to get pregnant, but you're in a lot of pain, Medical options really aren't available to you because any medical option that you take is going to prevent you from getting pregnant. Um, and, you know, it, it's something that I think women should be aware of from the very beginning as an option. So, what I recommend typically is to remove the endometriosis through a, a technique called excision, so that, um, you know, you actually treat the endometriosis, not just uh, biopsy it, send it to path for a diagnosis, but actually remove it and help prevent the pain. They We've shown pretty good results with endometriosis excision uh, with improvement of pain at up to 70% of women um, and uh, improvement in fertility in a good proportion of women as well. There is an alternative technique, which is to ablate the endometriosis, which um, means essentially you don't remove it, but you... Um, you use electrosurgery to try to deactivate it. The thing is that there's no way to know if that's effective, whereas removing it, you get the formal diagnosis and you actually remove the abnormal tissue. So most uh, surgeons that are, doing, that are treating endometriosis promote the excisional approach to treatment.
0: At what age? would that be a discussion? Is the excisional treatment, would that be something you might try on teens or do you want them to wait a little bit longer?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, that's a hard question. I mean, for young women, you know, I discuss it from the very beginning as an option, Um, like I said, but, you know, every time you do it, let's say there's endometriosis on the ovaries, um, you know, you could... you. Some normal ovarian tissue is, has to be removed, and that decreases your fertility um, for the future. Um, and so I, even though I discuss it, it's not like I jump to it. I definitely say, you know, this is an option, but I encourage people to try medical management first, especially if they don't have an immediate desire for fertility and they're not in significant pain and they haven't tried anything for their treatment. So I typically I recommend some sort of medical treatment to start and then explain that surgery is an option, that's fertility sparing, and that also I explained that you may require more than one surgery to treat it because unfortunately the pain can come back. And so some women do require more than one. And so the key is to minimize the number of surgeries and to use it as a tool really when it's necessary. Um, so medical management is there. It should definitely be discussed as a first initial step. Um, but surgery is is also an important component, component of the treatment and patients should be aware of it um, from the very beginning.
0: Dr. Vargas, your best advice for young women or women in their 20s or 30s that have not been diagnosed or have had this pain for years and have just really not known what to do about it and maybe taken painkillers, whatever, because it's a very uncomfortable situation. What do you want them to know about getting diagnosed and the treatment options for endometriosis?
1: Gosh, I really I feel for these women. This is something that I'm like really passionate about, the fact that women get blown off when they are in such severe pain. There's studies that have confirmed that there's a significant quality of life decline and work productivity declines from this diagnosis. And I just want you to know that there are specialists out there. They specialize in this. Um they can help you. They know what to do for you. They're called minimally invasive GYN surgeons. Um And you should look for someone that's specialized in endometriosis if you're not getting the treatment you feel like you need um, from your doctor.
0: That's great information. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise and, as you say, about a condition that sometimes really gets overlooked and can be quite painful. Thank you so much again for joining us. You're listening to GW Medical Faculty Associates Podcast. For more information, please visit gwdocs.com. That's gwdocs.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.